Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Thank you for being here today. On this final day of November, Ministry President Dr. Kenneth Hill has an important ministry update. But first, Steve Butler continues his teaching series on why you and I should explore Bible prophecy. As you and your family prepare for Christmas, remember to check out all of the Bible-based and Christ-centered gifts that are available on our website, swrc.com. With over 1,000 items, you can do your Christmas shopping and, at the same time, support Watchmen on the Wall. We have gifts from Israel, Christmas-themed movies, and a huge selection of books and DVDs. We also have gift subscriptions available for the Prophecy in the News magazine swrc.com. Shop for friends and family and support the ministry and outreach of Watchmen on the Wall. swrc.com. Many people stay away from Bible prophecy. They ignore revelation or the prophetic parts of the Old Testament. Why would you ignore any of God's Word? Let's grab our Bibles and join Steve Butler to discover why we should explore Bible prophecy. If you have been following along with us, we're in a series entitled, Why Explore Bible Prophecy? And obviously want to set the foundational understanding of why it's important for you and me to learn as much as we can about Bible prophecy, because we know that as we learn about prophecy, we learn about our Heavenly Father God, we learn about His Son, Jesus Christ, and we learn about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives as born-again believers. Because we know from, if you've been following along with us uh, in the first two points, you know that God has laid everything out for us that we need for life and godliness. Everything he has planned, he wants us to know about, and the way we know about it is to study his word. And so that's what we're about here at this ministry, is um, looking to explore Bible prophecy from Genesis to Revelation and learn as much about it as we possibly can. And as we grow, uh, I know humbly, the more I study, the more I realize how much I don't know, but the Holy Spirit encourages me to want to learn more and more. Uh, You're familiar with the uh, passages such as in Matthew 13 where it says, he who has more will be given to him and he will have an abundance. That is referring to your growth in knowledge of who God is his Son, and His Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, as we find in John 16, tells us that He wants nothing more. The Holy Spirit wants nothing more than to lead us into an understanding of all the Scripture. And it says to learn about things yet to come. So that's the uh, Isaiah 46 passage that we've uh, talked about in the last couple of episodes, Isaiah 46, 9 to 13. We won't go there, but I highly recommend if you're joining us for the first time that you look up that passage, Isaiah 46, 9 to 13, and then Amos 3, 7, because it really sets the stage and gives us that foundation for why we want to build on our understanding of Bible prophecy. So we're in point number three, um, which is you cannot fully know who Jesus Christ is without studying the prophetic scriptures. And we went to Revelation 19, verse 10, And there we learned at the last part of that verse, and of course this is about the the coming back of Jesus at his second coming right there at the end of Revelation, 
And uh, we come back with him as the church, which is we went up to heaven as his bride. We come back from heaven as, as his wife. And uh, we come back with him to rule and reign with him along with the, uh, the angels because Jesus is going to judge the world as well. But we learn at the end of that, verse number 10, that Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy's in, uh, uh, purpose, prophecy's purpose in the Bible is to reveal to us all about Jesus Christ because the Bible is about Jesus, uh, the Son of God. Uh, he's um, described to us as the Son of God. He's also described to us as the Son of Man because many, many people, unfortunately, from uh, Cain in uh, the Old uh, Testament in Genesis, Cain, the son of uh, Adam and Eve, uh, the first man to turn away uh, from the offer of righteousness through God, um, all of them have turned their backs, and they are. They would look at Jesus. If Jesus were known to Cain at the time, he would call him the son of man as opposed to the son of God because they don't believe who he is. So Jesus is revealed to us through prophecy, and prophecy is found from Genesis to Revelation. So we need to be studying about that. As a matter of fact, uh, in the Old Testament, there's over 300 references to Jesus' first coming. So uh, it's so important that we understand from Genesis to Revelation, um, because we do that, we understand who Jesus is. And you know, even in the New Testament, uh, you have over a hundred, uh, I believe it's around 130 references to Old Testament prophecy. So you cannot separate the Old Testament from the New Testament. We'll get into that in a bit here in point number four. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but then I get excited. Let's look at the second um verse, and that is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, to uh, make the point that you can't fully know who Jesus is without studying the prophetic scriptures. So you were in Matthew uh, as a point uh, the last time we were there. Let's go to, um, uh, you've got uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then Acts, Romans, and then you get Corinthians. And there's two books that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. We want to be in the first one right there towards the very end. There's 16 chapters. We want to go to 15. And in chapter 15, at the very beginning there, good point to be made here is that if you get into a uh, discussion with someone and you start talking about the good news, which is the gospel, gospel means good news, get into a discussion of what is the gospel can you just give it to me in a thumbnail description? And you say, yes, I can. Let me take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and let me read for you the first four verses. So we're going to look at three and four to support our point number three, but let me read all four of them for you so you get a just a flavor, a sense of how significant these four simple verses are. Um to explain everything, if you will. So 1 Corinthians 15, starting at verse 1, this is Paul talking to Paul, the Apostle Paul talking to the Corinthians. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you also stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. 
Verse 3, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So in those those four verses, and really in verses three and four, you have in a nutshell the the complete gospel message um, that will save you. But this isn't the only information, as we've talked before, that God wants you to know. That's why he gave us 66 books and not a business card with 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 on it and saying, here's all you need. <laughs> that he's uh, telling us very succinctly here what the, what the gospel is. And I want to emphasize um, a phrase that's found in the end of verses 3 and 4 of 1 Corinthians 15. It says, according to the scriptures. And then again at the end of four, according to the scriptures. Now we have to understand, you might, you might say to yourself, and, and rightly so, unless you've spent some time studying the, uh, the flow of events in the Bible and how the Bible was put together, that you'd say, well, it's in the scripture. I read it right here in, in 1 Corinthians, and I read it in Ephesians and other places. We have to remember that the time when Paul in the first century, early or roughly the middle of the first century, so what would that be? Uh, approximately 15 to 20 years after Jesus um, was gloriously uh, resurrected back to, translated actually, because he was a lot translated back to heaven uh, after his death, burial, and resurrection, let's put it that way. Uh, so most of the New Testament hadn't been written yet. So most of the uh, understanding of who Jesus Christ was and what it means to us as a church was not available. In fact, very little. There were some, just a few, very small few of the New Testament books had been penned at that time and were not widely available. So what Paul is telling us here, and he uses this phraseology in several of his books, and of course Paul's the most prolific writer of the, uh, the New Testament. He wrote almost half of all the books. He says that he reasoned with them from the scriptures. Uh, He stated this according to the scriptures. Basically what it's saying here is that Paul was using the Old Testament to explain the gospel message because the gospel message is in the Old Testament if you'll simply look for it. It starts in Genesis and goes all the way through Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, and then, of course, you find it uh, prolifically throughout the New Testament. But Paul had precious little of the New Testament books to work with, and in some cases, maybe none, but he had all he needed in the Old Testament to testify about Jesus Christ and explain to people everything they needed to know about him in order to be saved. So that's the point I want to make here in looking at 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, is this is basically telling us we need all the scriptures. We need all the scriptures to understand completely who Jesus Christ is. So to amplify that, I wanted to go to a couple of more scriptures that come out of the Old Testament, come out of the Old Testament. So let's go way back into Psalms. So we're in 1 Corinthians, so just take a chunk of your Bible in your hand 
to the left and just start turning there, and you'll ultimately get to the big book of Psalms. If you find Proverbs, you've gone to uh, haven't gone far enough, and if you get to Job, which is another big book, you've gone too far. So find. Uh, by the way, we're going to go to Job next, so we're we're going to be close when we get to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. So towards the beginning of that long series of 150 Psalms. Psalm 16, and I want us to go to verse 10. And this is a profound statement that David, King David, is saying. So this is a thousand years before Jesus was born. And he's saying in Psalm 16, verse 10, for you, and he's referring to God, you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, and Sheol is another word is Hades. And if you are an unsaved person and you die, it's hell. But all of them are, you know, for lack of a better term, I use, I use the uh, descriptive term holding tank. <laughs> it's a holding place, which is probably appropriate if you're talking about the unrighteous in hell. But for someone who is a righteous person, uh, counted as righteous by God, a believer in Jesus Christ, you are in a place of paradise waiting to see Jesus uh, at some point, either in the rapture of the church or if you're an Old Testament saint, you will see him at the end of the tribulation period when you are resurrected. But he's saying here with confidence, David is saying with confidence in 1610, you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. In other words, he, he knows from God there's a promise that I will see uh, see uh, my Lord again. And then the second line, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. So he's talking here about uh, the death burial. He's referring to the death burial and resurrection of Jesus, that this is a powerful prophecy about the resurrection of the righteous that has yet to happen. And, of course, it'll happen in stages, and we'll get into that in great detail as we go through uh, understanding prophecy. But he's basically saying, not only will my soul, thinking of himself, my soul you will not abandon the Sheol, Sheol, but I know that because you uh, will not allow your Holy One to undergo decay, referring to Jesus Christ uh, dying and being left in the grave, which is what the unbelievers believe that there is no resurrected Christ. So a powerful Old Testament thousand-year-before-Christ prophecy of um, Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And then let's go to an even older book, and some believe it's, it's the oldest book in the Bible, the oldest book in the Bible, and it was a pen by a fellow named Job, J-O-B. And we want to go to chapter 19 in Job's book. And I want us to look uh, at verses 25 to 27. So this is uh, a book, like I say, that uh, could very well be the oldest chronological book uh, contained in the Bible. And in verse 25, we read, As for me, and this is Job speaking, As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. Now remember, this is at least a thousand, maybe older than, maybe more than fifteen hundred years before Christ walked the earth, and here he is talking about his redeemer, which of course is Jesus. 
As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will take his stand on the earth. Even after my skin is destroyed, yet from my flesh I shall see God, whom I myself shall behold, and whom my eyes will see, and not another. My heart faints within me. What's he saying here? He's saying from 14, let's just say at least 1,400 years um, before Jesus ever walked the earth, before he ever was crucified, buried, and gloriously resurrected, he's describing that event because God has revealed it to him in his, in his wonderful grace that I know that my Redeemer lives. In other words, he's not going to stay in the grave, that he will be resurrected that he will take his stand on the earth, which is a reference to Jesus coming back. That would be you know, 2,000 years after he was gloriously resurrected, that he will judge the earth and that he will set up his millennial kingdom, meaning he stand, takes his stand on the earth, and that Job is saying, I'm going to see him in the flesh, that I too, just as we read about David in the prior uh, passage in Psalm 16, David said it, Job said it before David, that we're going to see him in our flesh. We're going to be resurrected just like him. What, what glorious promises. And then you can see it, and you can sense that when he says at the end of verse 27 in Job 19, my heart faints within me just to think about that. And that was prophesied long, 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 long ago about an event that has yet to take place for us. What a glorious thing that's going to be for us. Expand your learning and understanding with the books, Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation?, which includes chapters by Doug Stoffer, Larry Spargimino, Noah Hutchings, Kenneth Hill, and Steve Butler. The book, What's Next?, by Dr. Kenneth Hill, and the book, Prayers of the Ancients, also by Dr. Hill. All three of these excellent books are available today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order this collection online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Today is the final day of November. Time to get an update on the ministry outreach that is taking place at Watchmen on the Wall with ministry president, Dr. Kenneth Hill. It is my pleasure to be with you, and I am thankful that the Lord has opened this opportunity for us to be together today. I want to begin our conversation today from Scripture. And this scripture is found in Isaiah chapter 53, a few verses there, beginning of verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. 
Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And we could continue to read that chapter 53, and we would learn much of our Savior and what he suffered on our behalf. It may be hard for us to realize sometimes that God in flesh, that is Jesus Christ, the incarnate deity, suffered not just on the cross, but prior to the cross and after the cross as well. There was certainly things that happened to him that we sometimes forget about completely. But let's understand that the report found in God's word about Jesus Christ is true and that he loved you beyond all measure, and he loved you enough sufficiently to come to this earth and to die for you on the cross. And because of that, he satisfied the necessity that God had set up for forgiveness of mankind. And so it is because of what Christ has done for you and for me. When we place our trust in him, it is because of what he's done that we are saved. Saved from sin, saved from the penalty of sin indeed. And I trust that during the month of November, you've given thanks for what God has provided. And as you go into the month of December, you will begin to once again think on the things of God's provision, including his salvation for you. And it's my prayer, dear friend, that you will place your faith in Jesus Christ, the one, the only one that can save you. Well, I have been asked to give you an end-of-the-month ministry update from the Watchman on the Wall broadcast, and I want to say, first of all, thank you for those who are involved with this ministry by your giving, by your praying, and by your participating. We had a really fantastic conference in Las Vegas just recently. A number of folks, about 250 folks, were there in attendance. And the ministry of the word was given and God was glorified. It was great. I've heard from a number of the speakers who tell me that they are continuing to hear from people who were in the audience and who have learned much from the teaching that was given during that conference. We'll have conferences, Lord willing, in the coming year as the Lord allows us to do that. 
I want to say thank you to those who have become friends of this ministry. You can find out how you can become a friend if you're not already a friend of the ministry. You can find out how to become that friend by going online at swrc.com, swrc.com. This month of December is a special month that's set aside as our card and letter month. It is the time for you to send us that Christmas card that we can display, or if you wish to write us a letter, that's fine too. And if you would put a gift in with your note, we would certainly appreciate that. Also, the month of December is special in that it is the listener favorites will be aired all month. Now, it's not the listener favorites cards or letters, but it's the listener favorite programs that have been aired this year on the Watchman on the Wall broadcast. And for those of you who have listened and maybe you have voted for this program, you'll get to hear it again. And we've had people who have voted by sending in gifts. We've had them vote by sending a note. They voted as well by just simply ordering the product that was offered during that time. But we compiled all of it, and we are going to have the listener favorites that were throughout the year 2022 will be aired all month long in our December month of programs here on the Watchman on the Wall broadcast. Indeed, God is good, he's gracious, he's wonderful, and he loves us with a love that's everlasting. I'm looking forward to the month of December and the programs that are going to be offered on this Watchman on the Wall broadcast. All of the people who are involved in the ministry of Southwest Radio Church and the Watchman on the Wall broadcast need your prayers. That includes our staff evangelist, Josh. That includes our principal speaker and pastor, Dr. Larry Spargimino. That includes myself as president of the ministry, and it includes our CEO, Matthew, as he serves the Lord in the capacity of watching over the entire ministry. It's a tough job for each of these men that serve so faithfully, and yet God is blessing abundantly. And thank you for your prayers for us and your gifts to the ministry of the Watchman on the Wall broadcast here at Southwest Radio Church. We have three excellent resources for you today. Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation is a book that includes chapters by Noah Hutchings, Larry Spargimino, Kenneth Hill, Doug Stoffer, and Steve Butler. What's Next by Dr. Kenneth Hill and the book Prayers of the Ancients. All three of these excellent books are available today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order this collection online swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Tomorrow's the first day of December. It's also the beginning of Card and Letter Month, and we'll begin listening to your favorites from the past year. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app 
or by subscribing to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.